right, you hear the cowbells. That means it's time for another podcast. This is Heat Check Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Hargrave. Special guest with us today, Ryan Murphy, um, former pit guard now entering the draft. Appreciate you coming on. I, I, I've read that you don't like Ryan. You prefer Murph. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, man. You can call me Ryan, though. Whatever, uh, whatever you want to call me, I'm cool with. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, well, let's get get right into it. Um, tell me about uh, your your basketball journey and, and maybe starting with when uh, you decided to make this a, a real pursuit of yours, going back to even high school or earlier. Yeah, sure, man. I, uh, you know, my father actually played uh, at the University of Bridgeport, uh, where he made it uh, to the final four in the Elite Eight in Division Two, um, and he played pro in Egypt for two to three years so basketball's been in my family um i like to think i was i'm better than him <laughs> prime for prime gotcha. um but you know basketball has been in my family i played on some amazing aau teams growing up with uh Vision and uh cali stars um and uh you know it it, it kind of just took its course and i stuck with it and uh i love it i have a passion for it and it got me to where i am today which was uh crazy um recruiting process uh transferring high schools but uh i've loved every second of it so far got you how, how old are you when you beat your old man for the first time if that's happened oh yeah i i, uh, I beat him in ninth grade going i was 14 gotcha. uh going into my freshman year of high school uh we play 11 uh first one to 11 all one and i finally beat him and i was like i ran out of the gym i was so happy <laughs> I feel that. Me and my dad just used to fight, so like we never, <laughs> we could never finish games. Oh, but that's I, the worst. I, I feel it. Um, so you, you transferred high schools. As you're coming out of high school, what does your recruitment look like? Do you have a dream school that you wanted to go to? Um, and was that ever on the table? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, coming out of high school, I was uh, – my recruitment process was honestly crazy. A lot of schools thought I wasn't high major because I'm a 6'2 scoring combo. And then a lot of schools in the mid-majors loved me. Um, so it was kind of really up and down. Um, I had offers from Cleveland State to Oakland to San Francisco to UNLV to Iowa State. So my recruiting process was really all over the place, which um, at the end of the day was actually really fun. You got to see totally different schools. St. Mary's was involved heavy. You know, it was an unbelievable experience. And my dream school, which is funny, in high school and middle school was Syracuse. Mm. Coach Beheim never called me or sent me a text, but we got to play in Syracuse, and I loved it. I, that was my dream school as a kid. I think it was maybe the Carmelo effect, and I don't know. I just love Syracuse for some reason. There's actually probably an old article of me saying my dream school is Syracuse somewhere out there. <laughs> got you. So how did you, uh, how did you land on Charlotte? I landed on Charlotte coming out of my senior year of high school because of Mark Price. For a lot of people who don't remember who Mark Price is, he kind of invented the split of the pick and roll back in the day. And he's a, at the time, you know, he was at Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen era. And um, we, we just clicked. He's a six, he's a six one tough white point guard. He played in the NBA for 14 years. So I was thinking, you know, if I want to get to the highest level in basketball, why not go play for a guy who is, built like me, plays like me, and it, it just made sense. There was a really good connection between uh, Coach Price and myself. Got you. Um, so how did, how did that season go um, 
ultimately you decided it was best to to move on so uh what was that like and and it, was there a certain point where you felt like you maybe weren't getting the development that you you saw for yourself or you needed for your career oh yeah 100 percent. um a lot of people don't remember or i guess don't know coach price uh my first year at charlotte i had a red shirt i uh, broke my hand um pretty bad and i was out for a little bit and we decided you know what let's red shirt and let's let me learn the offense and what he likes and everything. And it was frustrating because then next year, my freshman year, technically I was playing, was playing pretty well. And then uh, coach price got fired about nine games into my freshman year. And when he got fired, I knew I was leaving regardless. Um, you know, and the season wasn't going well. And there was just a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes as a player. You don't really want to be a part of, and you feel you feel kind of left out to dry, I guess, is how I felt when Coach Price was fired. And I'm a pretty loyal dude um, with Coach Price and the connections we made and still have. We still talk to this day. So when he got fired, I decided it was time for me to go a different direction, and uh, that was the junior college route for myself. Got you. Um, so you, you end up at New Mexico. Obviously, it's – I mean, I have to believe that that was – the thought is you, you go for a year and then you kind of – Bounce back to to one of the D one schools. Um, did you feel like you had something to prove at New Mexico? Was there a chip on your shoulder for it, from it not working out as you planned in Charlotte? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I felt that Charlotte, I was uh, I wasn't being utilized correctly. Uh, I felt that a lot of people, you know, they put a stigma on a guy who can shoot the ball, saying, "Oh, he's just a catch and shoot guy." When really. I can. I like to think I can really handle the ball and make a lot of good plays out of pick and roll situations and driving kicks. And I felt like I was just like, "Hey, run to the corner, and if, if you get the ball, just shoot it." And uh, I feel like that's not my game. Obviously, it's a huge part of basketball. However, I, I felt I had more to offer and more to give the team, and I wasn't being allowed to show that. And going to junior college, playing for Coach Luke Adams, he really convinced me. I was actually going to transfer and sit out at UNLV. But Coach Adams was really persistent, and he put together a pretty good team of myself, Darnell Rogers, uh, who's a five-foot sensation on Ball is Life. Um, these two really good twins that I talked to, uh, they're about 6'8", six, 6'7", six, and a kid named Gideon, who's now at BYU. Um, so there, there was a really good team there, and uh, he, he said, go show the country why I think you're actually one of the best junior college players in the country. And, you know, I think one game I had like almost 50. You know, I, I was out there, and I played with the – I always played with a chip on my shoulder, but at Juco, I really felt like, you know, you, you go from living in this beautiful apartment in Charlotte, North Carolina, getting a nice stipend and free food to – New Mexico Junior College really looks like a prison, honestly. It's gated. Your room's still in their block. Um, and I was like, this is my situation. I'm going to make the most of it, and I'm going to put a, put myself on the map. And I worked my ass off that uh, that summer going into junior college with uh, this is what everyone kind of you know kind of freaked out about with Stephen Curry, Andrew Holiday for I mean if I wasn't with Stephen I was with Drew so I was working my butt off every night every day and uh, I feel like my game went to a whole other level um, before junior college. Got you. How did how did you get connected with those two? Uh, so with Charlotte, I actually broke my foot as well. Um, <laughs> Is this on Almost the same like the play the or, like, just separate occasions with the hand? No, nah, uh, towards, towards the end of the year, of my uh, my freshman year when I was playing, uh, one of our walk-ons actually landed on my foot, and uh, I kept playing. I had no idea it was broken until, you know, you take your shoe off and it's blown up. 
Mm-hmm. And it was frustrating, definitely. However, if that didn't happen, Stefan's trainer would have never approached me. Uh, he watched me play, I guess, for Middle Tennessee State. And that was, uh, I think I had 30, maybe 28 or something like that. And he was like, man, I love your game. I would love to work with you. I think I can really help you. And uh, shout out to Brandon Payne. That, that's his name. He's still my trainer and we talk all the time. And, you know, there's uh, everyone says they train everyone, you know. And uh, he just approached me and was like, look, come to my gym. I'll show you what I can do. And I walk into the gym and Steph is on FaceTime with Brandon. And I was like, oh, shoot, like this is really Steph's guy. And obviously Stephen Curry is unbelievable. So I stuck with him and Stephen invited me up when uh, my foot healed up a lot. And I did rehab and worked out with Stephen that whole summer. Got you. Um, so, so moving from New Mexico, how, how did you decide on Pitt? Um, what was the fit like? Or did you have a like, concern to make sure that you were going to be utilized in the right way? And, and how, did, how was the recruitment this time different maybe than you know, heading into Charlotte? Oh, man. Going from junior college to a D1 and like really putting up numbers and playing well. And, you know, we're playing in the best junior college league in America. Uh, that league is the best. You have a lot of really good guys and pros actually in the NBA as well from that league. And um, you, you prove, I really proved to a lot of teams, I think I was getting bigger, faster, stronger, and I could handle the ball a lot better. So my recruitment process, I think at the end of junior college, before I, before I actually committed to Washington State, played for Ernie Kemp, and then Coach Kent got fired. So I decided to open up my recruitment at, at uh, the end of the year. And I think I had at the time 39, 40 offers. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut the list down to about seven. My dad and uh, my dad's good friend Ty and Brandon, you know, we kind of sat there on the phone and we broke it down. And um, Xavier Johnson and Trey McGowan were the two other guards at Pittsburgh. And uh, Xavier Johnson can't really shoot that well. Uh, he's a freak athlete, fast, quick and come up to pick and really do a good job pick and rolls trades an unbelievable athlete however you need another guard that can you know you're playing Syracuse not 2-3 zone you're going to need a guy that can spread the floor and um, an experienced guard and that was what they were missing with uh, Jared Wilson frame leaving and graduating mm-hmm. so uh, it just it just felt like the right fit uh, for that year and the time got you how did you how did you feel you played that season at, at Pitt did you feel like you were able to execute on that and being that third guard that they needed oh i I think i filled a role before my concussion very well uh i mean it it was very tough to to stop if when trey myself and x were all playing well i mean it was just and justin champagne as well i mean it's just tough to stop you got me shooting the ball you got trey who's got maybe a 40 inch vertical who can take off from anywhere uh x who is just quick and crafty um, NCATC, you know, you're, you're going against the best of the best. First game of the year was Florida State. We beat them. Uh, you know, next game, I think I had 30 off the bench. I mean, it was just unbelievable season uh, until my concussion. My concussion really hurt me. And uh, that was the only frustrating part of the year, but I enjoyed every minute at it. I saw that uh, Gonzaga was on the list of, of teams that you were kind of considering. Um mm-hmm. Obviously, they've been they've been really good over the last few years. Specifically, they've had you know a shot at a title. They've gone Elite Eight, Final Four. They've been really competitive. Was that ever? Was that something that you uh, highly considered? And, and maybe how close were were they uh, to getting you instead of Pitt? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, you did your homework on that one because that was pretty low key. Uh, 
because everyone was asking me, you know, put out a list. What's your list? What's your list? You know, John Robbins Fire and, mm-hmm. you know, those amazing ESPN analysts that do their homework. They're like, hey, what, what's your final five? And, you know, I was kind of trying to keep it really quiet. Um, I wanted this to kind of, you know, everyone makes their little final four and this is my, you know, those Instagram posts and Twitter stuff. And I, I wasn't really trying to do that. So for you to figure that out, is pretty impressive. Yeah, Gonzaga was a, uh, on that list of my final three schools, Pittsburgh, Gonzaga, and uh, actually it was, uh, I don't know, I can't remember, TCU was on there as well, um, which is a funny funny that Coach Dixon was at Pitt, and now he's at TCU, but that was my final three, and uh, I just felt that Pitt needed me more, and I could be uh, more of a weapon, I would say, at Pitt than uh, Gonzaga. Sounds good. Um it sounds like you've had you've had a lot of coaches leave after you after you get there too. Um, did the was this coach leaving for TCU? Is that why you ultimately decided to to take off from Pitt and go to um, Tulane? I guess you might not have known it was Tulane at the time, but to make the decision to transfer again. Yeah, you know what's interesting about that? I I felt that at Pitt, uh, personally, at the end of the year, I kind of felt disrespected just because I had the concussion and. I felt that coach lost faith in me because of my concussion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was playing like crap. I'm not going to lie. I was playing terrible after my concussion. But, you know, there were times where I'm like, hey, I feel I feel 100%. And I just didn't get that opportunity back. Yeah. And uh, it's not like we were winning. We were losing games as well. So, it, it, obviously, if we're winning, you can't say anything. But we were losing. And, you know, you got a guy who's on the bench sitting there averaging 11 points a game. Um, but I felt kind of personally disrespected. And, understand it's a business and maybe he didn't want me there anymore but uh coach ron hunter at tulane is a great coach uh i think he's going to turn tulane around and you know i i actually was down there for about a month and a half and you know i was just sitting there and uh i was kind of like what i feel ready i I personally feel ready and my body's gotten better every year i feel like my game has developed every year and i really work at it so i feel like i'm ready for the next step uh, in basketball and in my in my career, um, that's where I was at with uh, with it, honestly. Uh, so, you you know you never end up making it to Tulane. Um, was that a a quarantine based decision and the the kind of uncertainty surrounding whether or not you we're gonna have a basketball season? Obviously, football was in jeopardy at that time. The NBA had shut down. Um, but it seems like you you were able to spend a lot of time working with with Drew Holiday during that that lockdown before they went back into the bubble um, and after their season finished as well. Um, did that play into your decision to say, hey, you know what? I think I can take it. I can go pro. Um, and I guess have you? I'm sure you've had conversations with Drew and Steph about going to the next level. And maybe what did oh. those conversations sound like? Yeah, definitely. You know, right now the world is in such a crazy place with the coronavirus. And I mean, there's so much more stuff going on in basketball right now in the world. And, it, and it's, uh, it's it's crazy, honestly. The, the election's nuts. You have these crazy riots going on. I mean, police. I'm, I mean, you just go on Twitter every day. It's something new. Coronavirus yeah. cases are jumping again. And, you know, the one thing that's certain is you just have to be ready. Um, and Drew has been unbelievable, and his trainer, Mike G, because Brandon's with Stefan right now, and they, Drew has really welcomed me in like family, and we talk a lot. Uh, we actually talked yesterday, he just had his, uh, 
and we talked yesterday just on the phone about staying ready. And you never know what the NBA is going to do. Like I've heard rumors of a, a couple mini camps possibly could happen, workouts. So you know, you just you just need one team to like you. You just need mm-hmm. it's kind of like a girl. You just need one girl to like you, and you're good. <laughs> there you go. So um, I'm just staying ready, working my tail off, and whatever opportunity presents itself, I'm ready to jump on it uh, with the NBA or the G League. Personally, uh, I've had some things overseas, and I just I just uh, didn't like it. And I think uh, nothing wrong with that, but I just want to test the NBA or G League first or two-way, whatever I can get mm-hmm. uh, before having to cross the ocean. Uh, is there a team that you feel would be a, a great fit for you, just kind of currently constructed before free agency and all that happens? <laughs> I think, honestly, a good spot. Possibly, uh, they, they do a great job with little tough-scoring combo guards. And, uh, that's the Raptors. I would love... Uh, a chance to, you know, be on the G League team and work my way up with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, you see what they've done with Fred Van Fleet. No one touched him, and now look at him. Unbelievable score, tough guard. Uh, Kyle Lowry, you know, two undersized guards who are very, very good. And uh, I just think, you know, programs that do well with tough, tougher, small guards. The Spurs do a great job with, obviously, Tony Parker was unbelievable. Um, any team, you know, <laughs> I'll take anything, you know. Yeah. Pop Pop's not a bad coach either, so that, that's probably oh, unbelievable. a good one. Um, I guess kind of pivoting from basketball, you, you started the off-the-court issues brand. I don't know how far you're looking to take that, but what, how did that come about, and, and are you trying to blow that up like a big baller brand from a couple of years ago? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, off-the-court issues started with, it started with a buddy of mine who actually killed himself. His name is Lafayette Dorsey. He mm. was unbelievable at basketball. I mean, he was tough, athletic, could really score. And he played at the University of Pacific, and he transferred to Nickel State. And I found out on Twitter, and we played AAU together. I mean, you know, it's L.A. You see each other all the time. You play pickup. You go out together. You hang out. And we played AAU together, and he was a good friend of mine. And I woke up one morning on Twitter to finding out that he actually hung himself in his room um, from depression and that he felt like he wasn't good enough uh, in life. And Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan have really touched on it, uh, I think, the most in basketball about guys really having off-the-court issues. I mean, it, you can take it in any direction you want. I personally take it with, you know, basketball is a very emotional sport. And I think people sometimes forget that, Kevin Durant and Danny Green are human beings, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, Kevin Love talks about it all the time, that he was suffering depression when he was on Cleveland. It's it's a really draining sport, and some, you know, we're all human beings, and we deal with things completely in way way different ways than other other people. And I just think it's not like, you know, like, oh, he's got a drinking problem or he smokes weed off the court. It's more so like, for me, hey, like, Guys really deal with stuff, and it, you know, I just that's how I, you know, I made it that way because of Lafayette and the support from everyone who's gotten shirts like yourself and hoodies has been unbelievable. Um, and I, I'm still trying to find the right foundation to, you know, maybe get a therapist in to, you know, see certain guys uh, at colleges once a week because um, I know Pittsburgh offered that. Some programs I don't think have the funds. Mm-hmm to have a person come in, you know, especially with COVID right now. Um, 
And I think some guys need that. You need the sports therapist. Yeah. Well, I didn't know the, the story behind behind the brand, so I'm glad that I, I was able to, to contribute to that because I think mental health is, is super important, and, and we, we do take for granted the fact that these people make millions of dollars and now they're famous and they're celebrities, so their life must be perfect, but you never know what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, people have breakups, which could be difficult. Um, I think back to uh, when Lonzo was at UCLA, and they were playing against De'Aaron Fox, and his mom had the stroke right before that game, and he didn't play very well. And and obviously, yeah, there's ex- more important exactly. things in life going on at that moment. So, yeah, um, look at uh, Isaiah Thomas, for example. His sister freaking died. Yeah, I mean, the day of uh, of a game, and the guy's sitting there crying before the game, and that that's kind of what the brand is more so about. Not like the J.R. Smith kind of funny way. I mean, if you want to, you know, guys can take it and make it that way, obviously. But mm-hmm. for me personally, it's more so, hey, like, guys suffer, you know? I mean, look at Isaiah Thomas. Seriously, that's bizarre. In any other world, you're getting the day off. Um, my sister just died. And yeah. he found out through a phone call sitting there, taped up, ready to go in a full-blown sweat. The guy's at the free throw line hysterical crying during, you know, one of the biggest games of his whole career. Yeah. Um so, you know, I, I really appreciate you and thank you for getting the hoodie and the shirt. Uh, it really does truly mean a lot. That's why I usually tell everyone thank you so much. You know, it's not one of those, all right, you buy it and whatever. It's, it's truly meaningful. Yeah. Um, and it's a great cause. So, again, I'm more than happy to support. Um, I'll definitely support moving forward um, because that's something that I, uh, I I really believe in. I had a buddy just call me the other day and, you know, he just needed someone to talk to and he had some family issues that that were kind of pent up so i i'm always uh i'm always yeah with that so i appreciate you um i know you're on your way to the airport so i won't take up too much more of your time um thank you for coming i appreciate the interactions that we've had on instagram um you know it's not (laughs) it's not a it's not often that you get to talk to somebody um and have meaningful interaction once they get the blue check so um I (laughs) i wish you the best of luck um, St. Mary's is my alma mater, so next time you guys are working out, if you need somebody to rebound or something, I, I can definitely. Oh no way! That'd be you. that'd be dope. Yeah, I'll uh, if if I'm up there, I don't know with COVID and everything going on uh, yeah. when I'm actually going to be up there, but if I am, I'll totally hit you up. You can come check out a workout or something. Hey man, I'd I'd appreciate it. Um, yeah. So uh, again, if you're ever in the Bay Area, I'd love to you know show you around once everything is safe and and we can move kind of a little bit back to normal. So thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Uh, talk to you soon. Thanks. For sure. This is the NBA on NBC.